Charlie's Philly Steaks, now open at Ohio State, where Phillies are grilled to order and wings made to savor. Intense chef-inspired bold flavors, from mild to wild, like Nashville Hot and Dare You Try Angry Ghost. For a limited time, try our grand opening special. Six boneless wings, Texas toast, fries, and a drink, all for $7.99. Come and find us at 18th and High Street. Charlie's Philly Steaks, always grilling fresh. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the That's the Movie podcast on the Sasha Marina Show. My name is Robert, and I will be your host today. So um, what we do on this podcast is just talk about movie news, you know, what's going on and what's random stuff in the movie world. So, yeah, um, I guess I'll get it started with uh, MacGruber. Um, So if anybody hasn't heard of Will Forte's new TV show, it's on Fox. It's called The Last Man on Earth. It just premiered uh, last night, Sunday, March 1st, I think it was. And I saw both episodes they aired. It's a new sitcom they have, and it's pretty awesome it's pretty funny um it's just a it's it's it looks like it has lots of potential but it's just pretty much about a guy who's the last man on earth and then you get to see how that works out it's a comedy so that's pretty exciting and apparently will forte is saying that his next movie will be mcgruber 2 if anybody saw mcgruber it's based on a on a, on a like a macgyver parody on from snl it's like a sketch they had for a while and there was a there was a MacGruber movie that came out in 2010, and it didn't really receive rave reviews. It wasn't really you know that great, and it made like nine million dollars worldwide. That's pretty terrible. Like that's very terrible. I mean, from the trailer, it looked really bad. But I guess that's just that's just how it was. But the movie, Christ. I saw it and it was, but anyways, the point is, it's it didn't do that well, and he is on board for a sequel, so sure that's exciting. And one of the biggest uh, news uh, out of this week was the death of Leonard Nimoy. Besides, you know, uh, the stupid dress, Leonard Nimoy um, had the internet stop fighting over a color of a dress. And I'll remember his life. So Leonard Nimoy, some of you don't know who he is, is Spock. He was Spock in the original um, Star Trek TV series and TV shows. I mean, I mean, I just said the same thing twice. A TV series and the movies. And um, even in the Star Trek uh, reboot, he he had his role featured in both movies. And it was it was awesome. He's a, he was always a great actor. He was even a singer. And, and songwriter, he was a very talented man. Even wrote poems and everything, and he was just one of those one of those uh, one of those actors that are just just classic actors. And he died at age eighty three. And I mean, it, I, I wasn't sad mostly because he lived a pretty full life, and he was Spock. You know, he was a, like the face of he was like the face of Star Trek. You know, everyone remembers him, everyone remembers, when they think of sci-fi, they think of Star Trek, and they think of Spock, and it's just, it was just, you know, I think he lived a full life, and he had, and he had, uh, he did a, he did a lot of things, he did a lot of movies, and then he always be remembered, so, uh, may he rest in peace. But anyways, moving on from that, um, another, another big thing that happened this, this week was a Power Rangers 
fan short film. So it was a fan film um, for Power Rangers. It was it was made and it was produced by uh, Andy Shankar, who's uh, who was in in what's it called? He was he had a role in 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 the show Chuck. Uh, he was he's a producer of the movie Dread. He produces a lot of a lot of movies and he has this sort of thing, this sort of series he has on YouTube, which he produces and releases on his channel called uh, Bootleg Universe thing so essentially what it is is that they get like you know uh their version or really dark version of of whatever store or whatever like you know famous things they want like they did it with um the punisher they got they were able to get thomas jane back as the punisher and they did they did um they did a short film called i think dirty laundry was actually pretty awesome and they released that and then another one called uh, the truth about journalism uh, starring Juan, uh, Ryan uh, Quantine, I think that's his last name, how you pronounce it. He's uh, from True Blood and everything, Australian actor, playing Eddie Brock as Venom, and it was pretty awesome. And then uh, now this this movie, uh, which is a Power Rangers movie, starting, starring uh, James Vanderbeek and Katie Stackoff. So Katie Stackoff plays a Pink Ranger, and James Vanderbeek plays Rocky, uh, the second Red Ranger, and it's pretty crazy this this whole this whole reboot so i mean this whole fan film so essentially what it was is something we wanted for years a dark version of the power rangers i mean whatever what, it, what we've heard from you know fans like we always want to see a dark power rangers i've said this for a while I'm like what if christopher nolan directed a power rangers movie you know what, what what would that look like that was pretty much my idea of it but this movie went even darker than what anything christopher nolan would have done or any other idea that I had in mind, and it pretty much fulfilled any hunger anybody had for the, you know, a hard R-rated Power Rangers movie. It was, there was lots of gore, violence, swearing, it was just, and it was very dark and depressing, the whole universe are in. It seemed like there was no hope, but at the same time, it was just very, very entertaining, very just, just, I guess I have to say it, gritty. It was dark and gritty, because it was, at the same time, I think it was probably making fun of people liking dark and gritty stuff, but I liked this. I liked I liked what they did with the with the whole short film, and it was very interesting. I mean, the director of uh, Joseph Kahn does, doesn't even like Power Rangers at all. He said he just did it because he wanted to see if he could do it. Because everyone had been saying for year, uh, saying for a while they want to see a dark Power Rangers, and he just did it because he wanted to see if he could do it. So yeah, he did it. It was awesome. But um, what happened over the course of the week is that. Uh, uh, Sabon, Sabon, I think it is the ones who own Power Rangers. Um, they, they, they took it down from they, they had you know their, their copyright claims and stuff, and they took it to Vimeo, which it was on Vimeo and YouTube, and they had to take it down from Vimeo, and then eventually they took it down from YouTube. But it was you know um, after some discussion with with the creator, the producer was able to write up a contract and where he had to you know have a disclaimer saying that this is not the real Power Rangers. I mean, like, everyone knows that. So it's back up on YouTube if anybody wants to see it, and if you just really need to check it out if you haven't. It was really awesome. But it's it's just it's just so it's so it's so it's so dumb, you know, um what they what what they did, you know, how they treated this. It's just a fan film. It's what it was, and they they didn't they didn't use like any other any of the actual actors or any properties or anything from from uh, Power Rangers. So it didn't really make any sense to do this, but you know, at least it's back up online. And if anybody wants to check it out, check it out because it's just really awesome. Definitely, definitely very interesting. Is what it should is what it is. <laughs> 
So, um, Adventure Time. Anybody big fans of the Adventure Time TV show? Well, Adventure Time is getting a movie, an animated movie, and it's from, from the producers of the Lego movie. And that's pretty exciting. I mean, um, it's uh, Chris McKay and Roy Lee who are producing a movie, but, I mean, I thought it was, I, I thought, I, I haven't really been a big fan of Adventure Time. I mean, I like the show every time I've seen it, but I never really got to, you know, actually watch it a lot. I just kind of just let it go. People are like always like, talking how great the show is. So, I mean, making a movie for this is kind of obvious, and it should should happen. Having the Lego Movie producers and any sort of talent that worked on the Lego Movie is a great idea because I'm assuming the, the type of comedy could really um, blend together with the two. And it's Warner Brothers is developing it, so that's so yeah, it's this it's pretty exciting, pretty cool. Any for any fans of Adventure Time. And uh, Blade Runner Two, you know, for a while this is this is something people have been talking about. But Harrison Ford is, has has expressed that he's back for the sequel. He's going to be in the movie. Um, Ridley Scott is not directing it, and even though and I think that's kind of a good thing because the way Ridley Scott has been going for for a while is not good. I think the last time I remember anything good for him, from him was Gladiator, and yeah, that's about it. But um, that's a good thing. And the that one director they're trying to get is Dennis. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, I think that's that's how it is, his French name, he is a guy who directed Prisoners and, and, uh, Enemy, and those are both really good movies, he's a really great director, so, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, if he's gonna, he's gonna direct that, I mean, it's, it's not really necessary to have this sequel at all, and Harrison Ford, you know, just doesn't care at all, just comes back for whatever role he used to play, like, I'm sure he'd come back for a Fugitive sequel if there was one. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's kind of dumb, but sure, why not? We would like to see more of the Blade Runner universe, so that's cool. So Neil Blomkamp, if uh, some of you, I think I might have talked to, about this last week, where he's finally making the Alien movie. It's been years. Like, he have been talking about it for a while, you know, the whole Instagram thing. But uh, what, he, uh, what was really cool, what he was talking about is, you know, he's, Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection are movies that never happened in his movie. This movie is going to be pretty much a direct sequel to Aliens, which makes more sense because those those movies aren't really good, and this is the best way to go. Alien and Aliens were just the top, the pinnacle of the Alien movies, the Alien franchise, so that's good. But um, what was really nice is that he started. He talks about how it was his fault that um, that. The Elysium, you know, he takes the blame for Elysium for not being so good. You know, he said, um, he said he had he focused too much on concept and not enough on you know fleshing out the ideas, and that it was that it was that it was you know um, uh, it was like he had he's better he's he said he's much better with concept than he is for idea than actually executing stuff, and I can understand that. I mean, he says he, he just thinks that the script you know just wasn't good enough ultimately for the film and that makes sense that's what it was it was just missing a bit more that we all had from district nine and you know we could tell the movie had potential but it was still missing out some stuff it was a decent movie not as good as district nine we all know that but i mean it's neil blomkamp everything he's done has always been pretty good chappie looks really promising it's a movie i, I can't wait to see so yeah Probably just you know screwed it up once. I still have tr- I still I still his idea for for the 
for you know um, an alien movie is still pretty exciting. I can't really, I can't wait to see what what's his, what's he, what he got, what, what's he got in store for that. So yeah. So uh, talking about back to you know Lego Movie, we just I just mentioned that earlier. So the Lego Movie Two um, is officially titled Lego Movie Sequel. I'm not even joking. That's a great title for a movie, Lego Movie Sequel. And um, I think the movie. So the whole thing about this this movie is uh, being still being written by uh, by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who also uh, uh, directed um, what's it called, The Last Man on Earth. I talked about that earlier today, and yeah, that's a show you must check out if you haven't. But uh, yeah, um, the director for this like the next Lego movie sequel is Rob Schrab, who has a really cool name. He's a he's a he's a t- television director. Usually directs comedy stuff. But he's directed uh, episodes of Community, Silver, uh, the Sarah Silverman program, and the Mindy Project, etc. There's more things he's directed there. But yeah, he's he's got a handle on on comedy, and Rob Schrab is always a good name. So that's cool. The Lego, I think, really the most exciting thing for me is just the title is Lego Movie Sequel, which is a great name, in my opinion. So um, James Gunn, you know, was. Was was uh, after the Oscars? He talked about you know because there's a few small things, uh, sort of animosity towards um, um, what's it called uh, superhero movies. Uh, first off, at the uh, at the Spirit Awards, Dan Gilroy um, he said he said that 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 you know the independent film that were the last like standing. You know, Dan Gilroy was a writer and director of Nightcrawler. Uh, you know that movie starring. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, the guy who should have been nominated for Best Actor, and I'm sorry, Steve Carell, but you probably shouldn't have been nominated. But either way, um, he uh, he gave he made a comment. It was not it was not like you know really it was not rude and and like really calling out superheroes movies like you know really like directly, but it still showed like he wasn't really happy with what was going on with you know superhero movies, and he was saying like um, like. Like uh, superhero movies, you know that we're the the, the uh, we the indie the indie filmmakers are, you know, the last standing, like we're the we're the we're the concrete foundation of film and something like that, and that he's happy that we've survived this tsunami of superhero films, and you know it, it just he didn't he was he could tell he wasn't really happy about it, and then Jack Black uh, when he had his performance at the. Uh, Oscars opening, you know, he made a bunch of jokes about the superhero stuff uh, in one of his, in one of his, you know, his, um, his verse in the song, and I, I thought it was hilarious because most, you know, most of it's really true, and even you know James Gunn did, but I just want to read like the whole post that he talked about because it was very interesting. Um, that it, it pretty much just explained exactly what it is with superhero movies, and it, you know, but yeah, anyways, I'll read it. This is a quote. This he made a Facebook post after everyone started, I guess, asking him about it. He said, I didn't really find the Jack Black superhero jokes offensive. Did you guys? It was like a joke. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but the writing on the Oscars didn't seem to be all that well thought out. As far as Dan Gilroy saying that attendees of the Independent Spirit Awards have survived against the tsunami of superhero films, well, it seems a bit weird coming from a guy whose wife has acted in two Thor films. Really, that seems like you've drowned horribly in that tsunami. But I know I just kind of make up stuff as I go along on these award shows, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Whatever the case, the truth is, popular fare in any medium has been has always been snubbed by self-appointed elite. 
I've already won more awards than I ever expected for Guardians. What bothers me slightly is that many people assume because you make a because you make big films that you put less love, care, and thought into them than people do who make independent films or what we are considering more serious Hollywood films. I've made B movies, independent movies, children's movies, horror movies, and gigantic spectacles. I find there are plenty of people everywhere making movies for a buck or two to feed their van or or to feed their own vanity. And then there are people who do who do what they do do what they do because they love storytelling. They love cinema, and they love and they want to add back to the world some of the same magic they've taken from the works of others. In all honesty, I do not I I do not find a strikingly different percentage of those with integrity and those without working within any of these fields of, fields of film. If you think people who make superhero movies are dumb, come out and say we're dumb. But if you're but if you as an independent filmmaker or a serious filmmaker think you put more love into characters than the Russo brothers do, Captain America, or Joss Whedon does the Hulk, or I do a talking raccoon, you're simply mistaken. And I really like I really like what he said. That's the end right here of the whole quote. But I really like what he said here because it's true. I mean, superhero movies, I think the movies we make, it doesn't really matter. You can tell these these directors what Joss Whedon has done with the Marvel Universe himself, like just doing the whole the Avengers thing. If even even the big the big heads of CEO companies uh, like Marvel, just Kevin Feige is so excited to really have his dream be out there on this on the screen, and he's so happy this is all coming true because it's something he's always wanted. Yes, as a businessman, he knows this is going to make a lot of money, but he has a passion for these for these characters, for these superheroes, and he's always wanted and he wants to share with the whole world because he knows not everyone reads comic books. Comic books are are quickly dying, and I'm, I hate to say it because I love reading them, and it's not—it's not—they're not as big as they used to be. Mostly because we have movies now, and and on top of comics, they they do a monthly release schedule, and that's a whole other thing, and they don't want to wait that long for it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, anyways, uh, getting off topic, back onto this. It's just these creators always have a passion for it, and it always bothers me when people say, "Oh, it's it's a superhero movie, great." Like, well, what's the problem? It's like, well, you know, it's a superhero movie. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem the problem. And then they come and say, like, oh, there's so many sequels every every year. There's like always superhero movies, always superhero movies. Look, I can understand when you get bad superhero movies, like you know, you get an Amazing Spider-Man two, or you get uh, a a, a Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine, or or what's it called, X-Men three, The Last Stand. There's there's always bad movies. There's always a Spider-Man three. There's always a Daredevil. There's always an Elektra. There's always bad superhero movies. But then again, there's always bad indie movies. There's always, you know, what's that one from, God, Zach Braff, the one he just did last year, uh, Wish I Was Here or something like that? That wasn't really a good movie, and it was an indie movie. There's there's just bad movies all the time. That's what people don't understand. There's, there's it, it's, it just doesn't mean that because it's a type of movie that it's going to be bad, you know. It's a superhero movie, and, the, and as long as the people put their love into these movies, it all works. The sequels I've been been releasing have actually been better than the previous movies, so I'm kind of wondering what is why are people you know upset about it about all these sequels? I mean, I I like it. It's fun. It's just like comic books, you know. But you've seen them in like two hours and two two and a half hours most of the time, and they're always filled with lots of action. But they're always fun to watch. These characters are people that we that we believe are could be real, you know. These characters we that they all are fleshed out. I now have their own heart and humanity to them, and it's always very exciting and entertaining just to see their life and their and and their stories be told, and it's just fun. So I don't see what's the problem with having you know superhero movies. I can understand them not being nominated for Oscars, 
But again, like he said, to reiterate, the Russo brothers, you know, they put their lo- they put their love into that Captain America movie. They made Captain America really really shine in that sequel. I mean, anybody who's seen it, they know that Captain America is a complete badass now because of it. Because he had Captain America 1. Nobody really cared for the movie. In fact, I didn't really care for it. The only thing I was excited about in that movie was at the end when they had that Avengers teaser trailer. That's really what made me excited, not actually Captain America himself. And then when you get in the Avengers, like Captain America's least exciting part of that movie, he's not really that great. So then they put, so then you get the Russo brothers who put this much love into their movies, and now they have... Captain America 2, and then you have James Gunn, a director who's done small, mostly small movies. He's never done, you know, really big movies like this, and he's always been like a, a sort of cult favorite director type, type, you know, person. Then he makes Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's a surprise hit because why? Because he put the love into his movie. This the movie is filled with filled with heart and characters you can believe in. People like there's they're relatable. Even talking tree is relatable in a way. A CGI talking tree is relatable. And when you're able to do that because you really care for your movie, then there's nothing wrong with the with with what exact with what the movie is. You know, I mean, we don't always there doesn't always a good movie is doesn't mean that it that there's less CGI in it. It doesn't mean that it's that it's made on it with a very small budget. A good movie is just a movie that makes that makes people happy after they see it. You know. That they that they that they like what they saw on screen. That everyone that it took them away from from their life because, you know, not everyone likes seeing movies that are just about real life. You know, I'd like seeing movies that 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 just take you away from the world for a while. You know, they don't have to worry about what's going on in your life or or anything like that. You know, it's just just sitting down and just. Like when you go, yeah, when you go in a superhero movie, you go, you went to see X Men: Days of Future Past or something. You didn't think about what you were going to do afterwards. You didn't think about, oh man, I have I have a paper due or something, or oh I have to pay these bills, or or oh crap, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for food tomorrow or something? It's like you're waiting on your pay. No, everyone forgot about that because that's what movies are. They take you away from from real life and they just put you on this adventure, and it's just awesome, you know. It doesn't always have to be about real life. It doesn't have to be relatable. It just has to be it has to take you away from life for a little bit. That's that's always been I mean, the point of movies for me. And I really like that James Gunn always you know, he's 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 a he's a pretty well spoken guy and I like that he talked out about that. I mean you it's not really such a big thing about about uh about superhero movies that, you know, people they're not they're not always talking about how much they hate it and stuff, but there are people who do hate it, and I just find that when people hate things for absolutely no reason, that's what bothers me. I, I I prefer if you have a reason to not to dislike something, you know, and not and and a good reason, not a reason like oh it's because it's a superhero movie I don't like it. Well, why do you like it? There's you have to be more specific. If you don't like something, you can get really fucking specific. Okay, so I don't understand why you just say oh it's a superhero movie. That's it. You know, just come on. I mean, I can tell you why I don't like Twilight. I can tell you, I can tell you why I don't like this. Why I don't like that. I mean, it's it's just, just like that. But yeah, yeah. Now I'm just like, you know, ranting now, going <laughs> overboard with everything. But anyways, so um, the Pee Wee Herman movie, yay! So Pee Wee Herman movie um, is a movie. Is I, I I don't think I've actually even talked about it, but it's been for the past few weeks, you know, in like in the news, in and out. Since like last year, I think too, 
And yeah, it's happening. It's going to come out on Netflix. It's being produced by Judd Apatow and um, Pee Wee Herman. I mean, uh, Pee Wee Herman. Jesus, I just forget the guy. I forgot the guy's name who who plays Pee Wee Herman now. Oh man, it's going to bother me. Give me a second. Okay, Paul Rubens. There it is, Paul Rubens. So he's uh, so he's writing it um, along alongside uh, Paul Rust, uh, the guy from some guy from Arrested Development, and they haven't announced you know a premiere date yet, but. It's going to be released on Netflix, so that's so that's so that's really really cool, really cool. And then John Lee, I don't I don't know who that guy is, but he's uh he's he's making his directorial debut with this film actually, so that's probably why I don't know who he is. And the title of the Pee Wee Herman movie is called Pee Wee's Big Holiday, and pretty much this it just this is what it is. It chronicles a fateful meeting with a mysterious stranger that inspires Pee Wee Herman to take his first ever holiday. So that's pretty much it. That's all we know about the Pee Wee Herman movie, but it's happening. And uh, yeah, Pee Wee Herman's holiday. So um, uh, it's it's him going on vacation, I assume. Uh, I don't think it's a Christmas thing, but it's him going on vacation, which totally I guess makes sense. So that's cool. Oh, and uh, one thing I also wanted to mention was um, this new Arrow DC thing going on. So the TV show Arrow, if some of you haven't seen, is uh, not a good TV show, but I watch it either way because I like DC. And when I first started the season, the uh, first season, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool," and it progressively got worse. Um, not, not, I think that's just the only person who's complaining about that is me. And um, the only thing I like it for is, you know, these awesome action sequences, these these awesome uh, DC characters being introduced, and it's really fun to see it like that. But I just have a problem with um, Stephen Amell's. Green Arrow, because, oh my god, he's like Kristen Stewart on screen. All he does is just, like, bite his lips and then talk very dark like he's Batman and almost whisper, and there's almost no emotion whatsoever on his face. It just it just pisses me off every time. Like you're 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 too you're too dark and brooding for for a Green Arrow. It's really bothering me. But anyways, the Arrow is getting uh Arrow is getting a spinoff, and it's going to involve like um um. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna involve um, what's it called? Chit Arrow himself, uh, splash, uh, splash, Flash. <laughs> I just said Splash. There's, that's I, I'm almost positive. There's actually um, um, a, 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 a superhero called the Splash. That'd be a stupidly hilarious name. But anyways, the the spinoff is gonna involve um, uh, apparently is gonna have the Flash. Is gonna have uh, Firestorm. I think Firestorm is going to be part of it, and it's also going to have Katie Lotz, and if some of you have seen Arrow, you can see why that's a little weird, because she plays a Black Canary, and um, it's also going to have uh, three major DC comic characters that we don't know about, and um, Ray Palmer, um, who, who's the Atom, played by Brandon Routh, who's also in Arrow right now, and I really want to mention this, because it's going to be a whole team. So essentially what they're doing is their own um, Justice League, because as some of you don't know, um, DC uh, uh, TV universe is is not going to have anything to do with uh, DC's Marvel. I mean DC's Marvel, DC's movie universe. So that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. They're going to have their own Justice League. That's already what it looks like. And also uh, Captain Cold or Leonard Snart, played by Wentworth Miller, who's actually really good in the in the Flash TV show. I don't know why he's going to be there, um, but yeah, he's going to be there. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's going to be a villain, but it's going to be like a whole like team. So that's pretty cool. And it's going to be like a separate TV show 
Like, you know how they have, you know how, like, in comic books they have the Avengers, but then each of the characters have their own solo comics. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. And there's going to be three major DC characters that have apparently never appeared in TV series. But the thing is, what mean? Because um, there's actually, like, every single DC character has appeared in a TV series before. If anybody's seen Young Justice or any show in the 90s, any animated show in the 90s, I don't know, what do they mean by this? I, I think most likely they mean, like, in a live-action form, and I don't know if they're counting Smallville. But, uh, yeah. But anyways, um, um, now, I'm you know, from, from articles I'm reading here, like uh, one uh, comic book resources, that sounds so bad. But anyways, th- this is the one I read, and they talked about uh, who could be the characters. And uh, one of the, well, the, the ones they're talking about is uh, Booster Gold, who's a... A, a speedster just like the Flash, because um, that would make would make sense. And he's a time traveler. I, I don't think he's a speedster. I think he time travels. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Don't don't quote me on any DC stuff. I'm I don't know anything about it. I just watch a TV show. Marvel's more my thing, but I like it. Anyways, and Blue Beetle, I do know who he is, and he's he's pretty cool. That's a pretty uh pretty interesting um addition if that would be it. And Green Lantern. And uh, the reason Green Lantern is also being considered is because John Diggle has apparently, the character in the show, has really apparently been talked about to play the Green Lantern, and I'm assuming in the TV show, and that would be really, really awesome. Because I do, re- I do know that the, that the creators have said that he's going to suit up eventually, and I've been saying for a while that he needs to suit up. And if he plays the Green, uh, the Green Lantern, that makes complete sense, and I would love to see that. But yeah, there's tons of other DC characters that could that could be. But um, if this ever happens, I really do hope that it's uh, uh, Green Lantern. I don't know how the special effects would handle it. I mean, they've done pretty well with the Flash so far, but um, we'll see. Maybe the special effects department can handle it. So, anyways, moving on from that, this is the end of the show. I got to start wrapping up. So get on Twitter, follow me there at the Real Robert H, and as well as on Tumblr and on uh, what's it called Instagram. You can follow me at Robert um, Alfonso Hidalgo. So, yeah, you can do that there, and then go like our uh, pages on Facebook, The Sasha Marina Show, and that's the movie. And uh, go download our app at Google Play and BlackBerry World and uh, what's it called? People who use Amazon phones, you can also download that there, our app, which is um, um, uh, uh, The Sasha Marina Show app, and it's easy to stay up to date with our stuff like that, too. And check out, you know, past recordings of the podcast, like on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, other things like that. I don't think we're on Windows Phone anything yet, but yeah, you can check out our podcast there. And then just come back next week uh, for more uh, movie news and stuff. So, yep. Yeah. Bye bye. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.